everyone. Welcome to the Modern Cotton Story, sponsored by E3 Sustainable Cotton. I'm Rachel Walters, BASF's Regional Grower and Channel Marketing Manager for North America Seed and host of today's program. We have a special program in store today. As, as we have announced previously on our podcast um, earlier this uh, year, this year, BASS Cotton Seed Business celebrates the 100th anniversary of Stoneville Cotton, as well as the 25th anniversary of Fibermax Cotton. So it truly is a special time for all of us at BASF and um, our growers and retailers and gins who have all been a part of, of the success of Stoneville and Fibermax. So very exciting times. And today we have a special guest to join us on the program to tell us more about BASF Season Traits business. And as always, um, today I'm joined by industry consultant Bob Anishak. So Bob, how are things with you today? Uh, Rachel, things are good. I hope things are good with you too. Thanks, Bob. Yes, they they are well. A weekend um, with family is really good for the soul. So um, it's great to to be back in the in the saddle today and and working. Um, maybe you can maybe you can do something about the uh, hot weather though. I'm sure that <laughs> it's hot everywhere. It seems. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe I'll just say use air conditioning. That might there be you my go. solution. <laughs> there you go. So today I'm so happy to introduce today's guest, uh, Brian Perry. Brian is the U.S. Head of Season Traits at BASF, and he is a very experienced executive with BASF and was just recently appointed to a key leadership role within the Season Traits business. So with that, I would like to welcome Brian to our program. Well, thank you, Rachel, and thank you, Bob. It's uh, a privilege to finally be on the podcast. I've heard it several times before, and now I get to be a part of it. So I greatly appreciate the invite and looking forward to having a nice discussion today. Well, Brian, I'm glad we could, could work it out where you could be here um, to get to share more about your experiences as well as, uh, as what's going on with BASF. And um, I know you've had a long career in the ag industry and have been a leader in the production of quality products under the BASF banner for well over two decades. And you're also known and respected by so many growers as well as our retailers throughout the United States. Um, but I know you know a lot of our listeners are from the textile and apparel industries. And so they, this will probably be their first time they've been introduced to you. So would you mind um, just taking a little bit of time to share about your background and then give us a little bit of detail about your new role that you've taken on with BASF this year? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to, Rachel. So I uh, appreciate the opportunity again. And as you mentioned, you know, I've spent a long time in the ag industry and I'd probably start by sharing that I'm the fifth generation of my family to grow up in agriculture and on the family farm, originally from a, a small uh, operation in, in Northwest Missouri, uh, corn, soybeans, cattle. Uh, so that's how I got into it. And then I've, I've spent 25 years with BASF in a litany of roles, starting off in sales in Southeastern Minnesota for about 10 or 11 years, and then moving out here to Raleigh, North Carolina, where our uh, North American headquarters are for BASF from the agricultural solutions business. 
During that time, I've done product management roles on the crop protection side. I've had the privilege to work within global marketing, worked on our global integration team. And that's when I really started to get uh, you know, involved within the seeds and traits business. It's actually, I think, Bob, the first time I had the chance to meet you whenever we were working on E3 Sustainable Cotton, whenever that business was coming over. That's right. Uh, yep. So, you know, kind of interesting to look at how things all all tie together. Um, but then, you know, from from all those roles now in my current role as the head of uh, U.S. Seeds and Traits. And really for those on the on the podcast listening, what I what I really enjoy about the role and agriculture is that we get the chance to feed fuel and clothe the world and and that's one of the things that i just think is very you know unique and fun about agriculture everybody has a connection to it and then you know the u.s seeds and traits business you think about cotton of course and the connection to clothing and consumers i I found that you know it's the it's the part of the business that most people can relate with even more so than maybe our soybean business although i could highlight and probably will later some other ways that there's a lot of connections back to the consumers. So a lot of different roles from marketing to sales to business and now getting the chance to really, really tie it all together and, uh, you know, work with with folks on the call as well as as farmers. So that's what makes agriculture fun, Rachel. Brian, thanks for that. Uh, you have, I mean, your background is amazing and I love your outlook uh, about um helping farmers and the role that BSF can play in terms of feeding it, you know, uh, being the starting point for feeding and clothing the world. I mean, it's really a, a great uh, perspective. Um, but as I look at cotton and, and as you probably saw on Friday, cotton, cotton prices have really taken a pummel. It took a real pummeling on Friday, but prices have been down and, mm-hmm. The challenges faced by uh, cotton farmers these days, or actually any farmer, but uh, as this is a cotton program, uh, to just focus in on cotton for a moment, um, what do you see? I'm curious on what do you see as being some of the greatest challenges facing cotton growers? And also, what are the looking down the road? How do you see BSF better being better able to assist farmers? Uh, to grow better crops? Yeah, boy, that's a, that's a big question, right? And one, I could take a lot of, a lot of different directions, but maybe, maybe if I start off by looking at, you know, the, the challenges we like to try to look at that we can help with, right? And, and I say that because it's hard for me to predict the weather. It's hard for us to also know what, you know, what will happen in the markets as a result of weather or, you know, look at all the other things going on around us today. But you have knowns, right? You have knowns that would be you know, dealing with weed, disease, and insects, uh, you know, thinking about how do I, how do I help as Mother Nature evolves? How do we do things differently to, um, you know, be sustainable when we think about uh, tillage practices, when we think about cropping practices, when we think about different uh, application technologies? And that's what I really think is, is neat about BASF. You know, for example, in the cotton space, we know that growers continue to battle weed resistance and you know if you have a weedy field you're not going to have good yields and and that's gonna that's gonna hurt the productivity and so you know we're looking at launching the first quad stacked herbicide trait it'll be called exant flex 
uh, looking at bringing that into the market commercially for the 2024 season. In 23, we'll have some demonstration trials. But what that will do is it will bring another solution to help growers manage you know, weed resistance in their fields that definitely can help their overall productivity. Uh, BSF's looking at smart spray technology that, that again, you could say, well, that then would reduce the need for broader scale applications and allow it to be more targeted. So that also has a, a connection on, on the sustainability front. So, you know, I think the beauty of what we get to do is really asking our customers, what are the greatest challenges they're facing within their operations? And they're looking for different ways that we can innovate and help them deal with those challenges. But boy, you know, you can look longer term for longer term trends or Bob, you know, we can talk in a bit about some of the short term challenges I even see just with supply chain and we're coming off a global pandemic. And now you look at the crisis going on over, you know, in, in, in Ukraine, there's just so many factors that, that have big implications for all of us in the, um, you know, I won't even say ag industry, it's just all of us as, as overall consumers. Brian, um, maybe if you could elaborate just a bit more on, on some of those new developments that you mentioned for BASF2 assist growers. Yeah, Rachel, I, I think, you know, you heard me mention a little bit on what we're doing within the cotton space. I think the other thing we spend a lot of time and money uh, and, and, you know, investment. So BASF, we, we basically reinvest 10% of every dollar that a grower invests back into R&D. And so, you know, that could be for new traits. Also, we look at breeding to ensure that we're, we're bringing forward high quality germplasm. So what does that mean? Well, that means higher quality fiber, um, you know, that, that helps in the clothing industry. Also greater yields, better productivity. Uh, mentioned some of the things we're doing from, uh, you know, a, a digital space, looking at investments there to be more precise, more prescript, um, you know, but I think the other thing that's neat is that while I'm talking on the seeds and traits side, we at BASF also look at crop protection. So how can we bring new novel, uh, you know, tools to help growers on that front? Uh, you know, I would I would even go to what we're talking about a bit today on E3 sustainable cotton. How do we help lead and work within the industry from a sustainability front. That front's only gonna, gonna continue to evolve. And then we could take it outside of cotton. We also have a very strong and vibrant canola business. That too, celebrating a birthday, our Invigor uh, uh, canola franchise will be celebrating 25 years. And just recently, I think the US EPA declared canola oil as one of the preferred renewable biofuels because it reduces carbon emissions by up to 50%, right? And so, you know, you, you also could go to soybean and look at connections there. Um, so we're, we're constantly looking at ways we can innovate to help growers, but you can make several linkages also to how that will benefit consumers and the general public as well. So I could probably go on and on about all the different innovations, but I'll, I'll let you all keep asking me questions so I don't burn too much time talking about all the new exciting stuff that we also have coming. Sounds very exciting, though, Brian. I will say that. Um, let's go back to supply chains because that's like really front and center, I think, with yeah. everyone these days. Um, you put your finger on it before. We have major war in Europe. Um, we have obviously a pending potentially a, a uh, possible recession um, facing us. Um, we have a clearly a world that's 
kind of going through a period of uh, deep change. We had pandemics, uh, you know, we had a pandemic to deal with. We had the, and the effects of that. We've had supply and demand imbalances and so forth. And <clears throat> that has to cause lots and lots of challenges for you uh, as a leader within a leading uh, company like uh, BASF. And I, I was just curious in terms of how, how have, you know, if you, if you could explain to our audience how some of the seeds that uh, you represent, uh, how you've been able to assist uh, farmers and, and working with supply chains that may be a bit disrupted for, or have been and are, and maybe in the near future continue to be. Yeah, Bob, I, you know, I think what you're hitting on is, is, you know, just a huge global challenge. And, you know, I'll hit a little bit on, on the connection to ag and, and, you know, BASF seeds and traits, but I would suggest that while there's areas that we're doing our best, um, it, it's very difficult. And I can't be on this podcast and say that we're doing everything perfectly because everything's evolving so much. Uh, you know, if you think about, what it means to BASF and and our our customers, our growers. So you know, you think about the 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 price of of fuel or oil um, or even natural gas has a, has a direct correlation to the price of fertilizer. And so while we don't sell fertilizer, that's a big input for our growers. So whenever that price goes up, you know, many would probably see really high cotton price. You mentioned the drop in it, but it also has been at record highs. Yes, also, that's right. It was, also, of course. Yeah. Also, corn's been at record highs and soybeans and wheat, right? And we go down the list. But then you've got to balance that with, you know, record input, um, you know, prices when you look at, look at everything going up. From a crop protection standpoint, when you look at BASF, you also have a very strong linkage, not just BASF, but every other ag manufacture with, you know, when, when petroleum prices go up, cost of goods go up significantly. You have increased transportation costs. I think I'll get the number wrong, but you know, what, what roughly used to cost us about $2,000 per container to ship crop protection products, you know, or active ingredients to formulate crop protection products over here to the U.S., it's now somewhere around fifteen dollars to $20,000 per container. So you have these exponential increases and then you add in the unreliability of, well, will your inerts, will your formulants show up? So it's been very dynamic to try to try to manage this. And again, I would suggest everyone in the industry has been, been dealing with this. And then lastly, you could say, well, what's the price going to be for transportation even whenever I get something finished up and formulated so I can ship? Um, same things apply to seeds and traits. You look at, a, you know, for example, uh, I'll speak to, to one of uh, our crops, soybeans. So 60% of the cost of seed that, that a grower is charged is directly connected to, well, what is the price that is being charged in Chicago on the Board of Trade? So when those prices go up significantly, so go up cost of goods. So what is BSF doing about this? Well, we're looking at multiple sources to try to mitigate risk because we've had manufacturers and suppliers declares your fixes on us because they didn't have what they needed and it just didn't show up. Um, so we're, we're making sure we've got multiple options. We're proactively communicating available supply so that retailers can plan uh, accordingly. Also then growers can plan, you know, an option A, B, C, and D. 
Um, so it's a lot about communication. It's a lot about contingency planning. It's a lot about transparency. And it's a lot of hands-on with our customers to, to really help, help them have multiple options. But I would suggest that, you know, the past few years, there's just always been something. And, and this year, who knows where the, the war will take it. I guess the last comment I will say is that if, you, if you've been watching the news, you see what's being done over in Germany right now. Um, definitely uh, Germany, Europe, other places. So as, as uh, natural gas supplies are cut off, that also impacts a lot of things for us as consumers. You know, BASF is the world's largest chemical manufacturer beyond just ag, right? Um, so that's why we talk about we create chemistry and a lot of our production is done in Germany and relies on natural gas. So if the natural gas gets shut off, you know, that, that has a lot of far reaching implications beyond just agriculture. So it is an evolving dynamic. And Bob, I think it's gonna be one of the greatest challenges, not just for ag, but just for us as consumers that we're gonna deal with as long as this ongoing crisis exists. Thanks for that, Brian. Um, can you share with me too, what you think sets BASF seeds and traits business apart from other competitors in today's market? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that question, um, Rachel, because you know I look at a lot of companies in, in the seeds and traits space, and I would suggest that they are a seeds and traits focused company first. And, and so then you might say, well, man, why, why then, why is that a positive or why does that, you know, be something different that BASF should highlight. And that's because when you're a seeds and trades company, like primarily focused just on that, that's where all your innovation goes. That's where all your research, that's where all your dollars go. And at BASF, I would suggest that we are we are a crop protection and seeds and trades company. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that I would suggest that, that in many cases, we are innovating crop protection solutions uh, whether that's biologicals, whether that is new uh, herbicides, insecticides, or fungicides. And at the same time, we're looking at how do we innovate our seeds and traits portfolio that will complement those innovations so that when we come forward, it's not just a new seeds and traits package. So for example, I mentioned Axant Flex. When we launch Axant Flex for cotton, we will also have a new HPPD chemistry, that'd be a new class of, of chemistry in cotton that will help growers address weed problems in their fields. Looking further down the road, we're also looking at other trade packages in soybeans. We're looking at packages that will help eliminate pests in the fields, but also bring in new chemistries that can be used. So we're innovating all the way around the acre. And I believe that's something that really sets us apart, whereas a lot of our competitors will bring a new trait package, but they would just rely on existing chemistries that are already in the market. And that's that's the thing I think is fun. And, and one of the reasons why I've stayed at BASF as long as I have, because we're an innovation company and we really look at innovating all the way around. Ryan, as you're so experienced in agriculture, I mean, and you've spent your entire career and your fifth generation? Yep, fifth generation, you bet, yep. Wow. Um, a little bit of farming myself, Bob, but it, it doesn't pay the bills. So that's why I got to got to really focus on this job at BASF. Gotcha. Gotcha. But you clearly understand what it takes to, to grow a crop. And and it ain't first of all, uh, uh, just saying that it's it's not an easy occupation for sure. 
it's uh, you've got the unknowns of weather, you've got the unknowns. We've been talking about supply chain uh, problems, uh, demands, uh, input costs getting out of line. I mean, all kinds of problems. And farmers are always faced with problems, season in and season out. It's not for the weak of heart, that's for sure. Um, but when having said that, I, I want to kind of double back and, and get some additional understanding of what you see to be the greatest challenges as well as the greatest opportunities for agriculture these days. Yeah, I think I don't probably need to rehash the greatest short-term challenges. And, and I do think the supply chain, the volatility in the markets, I think the, um, I think. Yeah, I think it's more a long-term I'm asking. Yeah. I should have asked it that way. No, but that's good, right? But I, I do, I just, I just reference that again, because I think short-term, what I would ask the, the listeners to just have a good appreciation of is, you know, we, we all see how volatile it is, right? We can just go to the grocery store and see that, but it really is. You mentioned my time in the industry. It's something I've never, I've never seen in my 25 years directly, you know, in, in the business side of BASF, it's very volatile, very dynamic, but longer term, Bob, uh, you know, I look at this sustainability. So here we are E3 sustainable cotton podcast, right? So what is sustainability? What is the future of ag? How does it help as a contributor? with climate change. So there's a lot of talk about carbon credits, uh, sustainable agricultural practices. And I, I you know, genuinely believe those are, are great initiatives and will play a big role, but a lot of it's yet to be defined, right? I also think there's ongoing challenges in the regulatory front. And, and some of that, you know, definitely, you know, having good regulatory systems in place, I'm not saying that that's not needed at all, it is. But I also see the challenge of a greater divide between the general public and agriculture, right? Used to be, you know, you had a lot of people that were pretty close to the farm, but each generation gets further and further removed. And so I think there's also making sure there's a good understanding of how much testing does take place. Uh, you know, in many cases, crop protection products are even more regulated and tested than drugs that end up getting approved via yeah, pharmacy. So I think these are ongoing challenges that the industry needs to look at, but we also need to look at ways that we can help contribute on the sustainability front. I think opportunities, there's only going to get to be more people in the world and more people uh, means that more people need to be fed. And I also think that the global pandemic right now that we're dealing with, as well as the crisis in Russia, Ukraine has highlighted how important a reliable food source is. And here in America, we've been pretty spoiled because you can go to the grocery store and you would say food has been relatively cheap. But now you mentioned it earlier, inflation. And a lot of that inflation is hitting at the grocery store. So I think, you know, longer term, uh, there's, there's only more opportunities for ag to continue to be a contributor on the sustainability front. Also to help uh, ensure that we are, are a reliable food source to help feed people and, and you know, start off the call saying it, help feed fuel and clothe the world. Uh, last comment on the sustainability front, renewable fuels, biodiesel. You, you see a lot in the news about that. You see the shift to, um, you know, uh, biodiesel for jet and aviation fuel. There's just so many different places that, that I see ag being a contributor and that will require innovation and higher productivity to, uh, to meet those demands. So while there's challenges, Bob, there's not another industry I'd like to be in because I also think there's more opportunities and more need and more demand. And I think what we're living through right now 
only further highlights how important agriculture is to our overall economy. Thanks for that, Brian. Very interesting. Thank you, Bob. And I, also, I'd like to thank Brian for joining us today. Um, such a great discussion, you know, real um, overarching and talking about a lot of things that um, agricultural touches and, and the way it provides such value to, to the world we live in. Uh, Brian, if, if we have listeners that wanted to reach out to you, if they had any further questions about BASF in general or our seeds and traits business, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, Rachel, thanks for throwing that out there. Yeah, I think the best way is just uh, to reach out via email and then I uh, would be more than happy to schedule some time to catch up with someone if they've got questions or would like to discuss more. And my email address is simply my name, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N dot Perry, P-E-R-R-Y at B-A-S-F dot com. Thank you, Brian. And also, I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, should you have any questions about the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program, please email me at E3Cotton at B-A-S-F. And also a reminder that you can visit us on Instagram and Facebook at E3 Sustainable Cotton. See you next time. Mm -hmm.